nice article in the Managing Madrid uh, blog. They're wonderful lads that do a great job there. And worth reading about that man there. Kareem Benzema needs to rest and the numbers reveal why. On Journalism Corner this week, I want to emphasize how important it is for you to have fun with this whole journalism career, the whole process, the journey, the path to becoming what you're going to be as a journalist. It's supposed to be really, really fun, and I want you to really, really enjoy it. But I also want you to balance it with hard work, with grinding through very difficult nights, grinding through difficult challenges, and making sure you're leveling up on the path to becoming a journalist. And understand that the process actually doesn't really end. There is no set point where you're like, okay, I've made it. This is where I am. This is where I'll be. If that's what you have in mind, then maybe you need to be a little bit more ambitious. But also, at the same time, I would say enjoy the process and enjoy the journey. In previous Journalism Corners, you've heard me talk about you know, the, the, the fact that I once set a goal to sit presto at the Bernabeu. And I remember getting there. And how awesome it was to finally sit there. And it only actually took me a few months after setting that goal. It wasn't as difficult as I thought it would be. But the point is that I just made a plan and I executed it. And over time, sitting press row, you kind of get desensitized to it. You're sitting there like after a few games, after a few years. And you're just like, this is cool. But it's like you, there's no longer that, that you know, you open the press row door and you just you, you open up on this balcony, like this terrace overlooking the Bernabeu. It's beautiful. And it is. It is always beautiful, even after 300 times. But you but you get desensitized to it a little bit. You're, you're, you're not li- maybe looking around like a child, like this giddy puppy. So excited to get it on, take it in all the time. Um, and it doesn't mean that it's no longer fun. It just means that you have to keep in mind like, okay, so how can I how can I maintain this feeling of excitement and fun throughout my whole life? I think you may have heard me say in, uh, in, in podcasts, I've talked about this a little bit more in the Churosi Tacticus podcast, but the idea that I don't think I've reached my peak yet, and I'm, in, I'm 33 right now. I, I, if I really had to guess, just given the fact that every year has been better than the last, my health has been better every year. Um, my career has been better every year. The fact that I get to enjoy my children being older every year and being a little bit more interactive and their personalities developing. Every year has been better than the previous one. So if I had to guess, my peak will be around maybe 55 or 60. And the reason I say that is because I'm learning more now than I ever have and I will never stop learning. I will be leveling up. The plan is to just keep executing, right? So there is no set destination necessarily. So the, the, the question here for you And the reason I'm telling you all this is because, one, to give you inspiration and give you momentum, because I think a common common thing I I hear is that, you know, I'm I'm a little bit too old. I'm I'm kind of passive, you know, and and people's brains start to shut down a little bit. Um, I've seen this with my clients as early as their 20s. And to be honest, I don't blame them because when I was like mid 20s, late 20s, I was I was I, I really thought it was like, man, this this sucks. Like my peak is over. I'm kind of in a boring life now. Is this it? Is this is this what I'm gonna be until I'm seventy? Is it gonna get worse? Is it gonna be better? 
so the reason I'm telling you about this, about like, you know, peaking later in life and like, trust me, you have a long way to go is just to give you a little bit of inspiration, a little bit of something to cling to, a little bit of something to get you excited for what comes next. Um, there's a lot to look forward to in life. If you're, if you're playing this the right way where you, and you're leveling yourself up constantly and you're reading, you're getting in shape, you're eating healthy. Eating healthy is a big one, by the way. I, I, I think I started to truly eat healthy about two to three years ago where I really started to double down on my diet. And I, and I found that my brain just started functioning a little bit better to the point where I think if you, if you, if you perform healthy habits over the course of a year or two, your, what, what used to be your best days will become your worst days. And I can, I can tell that was, I can say that to you with certainty that maybe like if three years ago, if you listen to my podcast on my best day, I honestly don't even think it would pass my worst podcast today, which is which is which is the idea, right? Like you want to keep leveling up. I assume that my best podcast today at the age of 33 will be something cringeworthy five years from now, or at least I hope. Um, not that I think it, you know, it becomes all of a sudden redundant and moot to listen to, to old podcasts, especially if they bring value. The point is that you should you should be leveling up constantly, right? So don't worry about your age so much, okay? So that's the first thing. The second thing is, you know, you've heard a lo- you've heard me talk about a lot about like, you know, journalism should be fun. I assume the reason you're listening to this and the reason you're getting into journalism is because you love the idea of talking about sports. And furthermore, you love the idea about talking about um, Real Madrid or, or whatever team you support. You love the idea about talking about sports in a bar with your friends and, and the idea of getting paid to do paid to um to do something you're already doing and you love doing sounds amazing right that's that's why you should be doing it to have fun and that's why our podcasts are very informal they're very long-winded because that's kind of we take our time with it we we do it how we would talk about it in a bar or, or in, a, in a setting where we're like breaking the game down we don't have anyone telling us what to do we just analyze the game and we, we we have fun with it right it's a lot of fun we're expanding the podcast now it's, it's a lot of fun that even reflects in our articles right my my style of managing our writers and it's not I, I, even calling it managing is 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 a little bit too far I'm just the chief editor, right? And all that means is that I have to just make sure that there's content on the website to organize the schedule, make sure there's match coverage. What I always make sure to avoid is to tell people, um, do this, do that, because I want their personalities to shine through in their articles. So if you go to our features and our columns on the website, while there is a structure to it in that, you know, we have planned match coverage, we have to do these post-game quotes, we post the news and stuff like that. At the same time, with columns and features, I let writers do what they want and I don't dictate what they they write about because I don't want my personality to shine through their articles. I want their personality to shine through over their articles. So the gist of it is my entire philosophy behind this is that everyone needs to have fun. I need to have fun. All the writers need to have fun. All the podcast hosts need to have fun. Castilla Corner, if you listen to that podcast, it's amazing because it's just three guys, three friends who are just talking like they literally would in the bar. And I've, and I've trust me, I know because I've done it with them and I've spoken to them in a bar setting, and I know what it's like to just be around them. And that's them in the podcast form. It's very sincere. It's very real. It's very authentic. Now, here's the thing. As beautiful as that sounds, it does get, like anything in life, there's a point you hit where you're like, okay, well, I'm kind of desensitized to it. So what's next? What's the next thing that I need to spike my emotions and, and get high off of life? Um, and so there is a point. that That's why I always say don't have a set set destination in mind 
I think while I had my my destination sit press row, there was definitely a point where I'm like, okay, what's next? I need something else to to spike me. Um, and that's why, you know, there's always like podcasts look different year to year. There's different things we do. You know, when now we're doing live Zoom calls. We started to do live podcasts in person just to keep it exciting, bringing on different guests, starting Journalism Corner, you know, covering the women's team, which was amazing because the women's team is, is new this year. So there's always we're always doing new things, right? And I don't know if I'm going to be a Real Madrid journalist forever. I do know I'm probably going to be talking about Real Madrid for the rest of my life and football for the rest of my life. As a profession, I don't know what that's going to look like in five, ten years from now. Um, while I do know I'm just getting started, I don't know what shape it's going to take because I can't predict what is going to excite me five, ten years from now, right? So it's an ever-evolving thing. There shouldn't be a set destination is my point. There should be a beautiful process which you're enjoying day to day. Um, so I think this is where people fall off, right? At some point, people lose interest or they, 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 they don't find it exciting anymore. This is part of the problem. Um, to be a journalist, and this probably applies to many fields, when you're just starting out, it's, it, it may be fun, but you could lose momentum because you have to realize there's so much that actually goes into it. So while, while the listeners listen to one to three to four hours of just podcast talk, they don't experience what goes behind the scenes, right? Um, putting it all together, uploading files, you know, sorting through technical difficulties, scheduling podcasts, trying to coordinate with everybody what's going to happen. Um, the struggles of like joining Zoom calls and press conferences, the struggle of um, maybe trying to get more information for a story, not, not hearing back from agents, I'm, whatever it is, the listeners only see the fun part. So when you're actually going through and creating something, you have to experience the difficult things, right? Um, you know, and, and this applies to many different fields, right? Part of the reason why people succeed and people fall off is because the people who succeed, they constantly have this drive that most people just give up and they're like, this is too difficult. I'm going to just do something. I'm just going to go back in my comfort zone and, and do that for a while. Um, think of the greatest, in my opinion, the greatest athlete of all time, Michael Jordan. His drive is unparalleled, right? Kobe Bryant, same drive on a, on a different scale. These guys um, don't get bored, right? They, they just they look at every opportunity to motivate themselves in the moment, and they have that drive, and it doesn't get boring for them. That's the difference of greatness between somebody like Michael Jordan and maybe a star like, I don't know, who's a great star? James Harden, let's say. James Harden will probably never achieve what Michael Jordan achieved, mostly because Michael Jordan was a complete assassin and a psychopath. And he always had to keep it exciting for himself. Obviously, in the documentary, he talked about like, you know, he would actually invent reasons to motivate himself that weren't really real, but he had to create a certain reality in his head to make the game exciting for him. Um, so part of the part of the way to do that is to challenge yourself. So don't get bored of what you do. And how do you not get bored? Well, switch it up. Do different things. Try different things. See what sticks. Um while I, I always say it's it's important to have fun, it's also important to have challenges and don't get scared by challenges, embrace the challenges. Sometimes, um, I've, I've spoken about this a few times, but immediate reaction. I've done every single immediate reaction with for a Real Madrid game over the course of, I don't know, I think it's been three or four years now. Obviously, I've missed some because, well, if I'm in the hospital and my, my son is being born, those are two times, two instances where I've definitely missed the immediate reaction. 
Um, other times during preseason or if I'm traveling, I can't make it off the Wi-Fi. The stadium isn't great. Other people will take it. But I've generally speaking, I've taken the vast majority of the immediate reactions on managingmedia.com. So do I enjoy immediate reaction? Absolutely not. If I'm being really honest with you, I hate it. It's, it's, it's very, very difficult. It's very, very challenging to do. It means that I have to start writing it around the minute, uh, I would say 65th minute, and have it published upon the final whistle. And when you're doing it, when you're doing that, just think of all the things that, that make it challenging, right? One is you're under a time crunch. Two, you have no idea what the final score is going to be. Unless it's a really, really easy one to write, like Real Madrid are winning like 5 nothing at halftime. It's very clear what's going to happen. It's very difficult to write. Or if it's a preseason game, you don't really care about the outcome. There's less pressure. Uh, now think of the other extreme. Think of, let's say, the most heart-wrenching moments in recent Real Madrid history, like a bloodbath two-legged tie against Bayern Munich in the Champions League knockout stages. How do you how do you really write that stuff? Like, right, it's, you know, second leg, it's going into extra time. You don't know what the final result's going to be. Real Madrid could get knocked out. Real Madrid could advance or it could go into extra time. And you're sitting there like an idiot at the 60th of the minute. Like, how do you even start this? It's it's extremely challenging. I've also had had moments where it's, it's a game that's not as high stake. But it's something like, you know, Real Madrid are up one nothing, and it's like the 95th minute. I'm like, okay, it's safe to press publish, and I press publish, and then Real Madrid have scored in the 96th minute after I press publish, and I'm like, wow. So there's really like there's no no time where it's actually safe. So I have to like go back and edit. Everyone's mad, like you got the score wrong, <laughs> right? So so if I don't like immediate reaction, why do I keep doing it? Most people would say, well, you're you're just stupid for. <laughs> For doing something you don't like if you don't like doing it then stop doing it there's a reason why i do it it's because i have to challenge myself the reason i do it is because i want challenges in my life right i want and and i tell this to my clients all the time accept things you don't want to do because you experience something difficult and it makes you level up right so that teaches you for example how to work under a time crunch how to meet deadlines it also teaches you how to do high volume writing in a very short amount of time. It trains your brain. So while I don't enjoy it, after three years of doing this, my literally like my my brain connects to my fingers and I just write without overthinking it. And I've become very good at that. While like two years ago, even one year ago, my brain would shut down writing it. I didn't even know how to start. So you need to make sure your mind is just not shutting down when you, and, and make sure you, you don't get bored doing it. Um, now, this goes back to not having a destination and continuing a journey and just seeing where it goes and learning on the fly, trying new things, seeing what sticks. I think part of the reason why a lot of celebrities, let's say, for example, actors or musicians, there is a period of your life where like all you see is like a certain actor or all you see is a certain musician. If you ever notice, those people can actually disappear for large stretches of, of your existence, Right. Think of like some famous rappers, almost like anybody coming out of um, that era of Ice Cube, Dr. Dre, um, later on Snoop Dogg. These people like they reach this basically this station of almost they're they feel like gods, right? They're like immortal. They've done everything they possibly could have done. They've released all these records. They've made millions. They've had these insane parties. They've traveled. They've reached the pantheon. And a lot of these, a lot of these celebrities, unfortunately, like they get into certain things because they don't know what else to 
to do to excite them anymore, right? So they stop making music. Um, they maybe get into drugs. There's been some sad cases in, in obviously with a lot of celebrities who reach a certain level and they just don't know what to do anymore. And they don't know what to do. So they kind of fall off and they get into the wrong habits. And that that is probably what, part of the reason why somebody like Michael Jordan is so special because he just stayed focused the whole time and he didn't lose that drive and he went till the very end. And so I would say like the you often don't know this, but the best part of your life may actually be the journey itself, not the destination, right? It's very cliche to say. But I think if you talk to a lot of these people, a lot of these um a lot of these successful people, they will tell you the journey, the the part where I was like sleeping on couches, where I was like, you know, living in uh with living, trying to get by every every week, not knowing what to what I was gonna eat that night. Um, couch surfing, traveling with no money, just having a suitcase, or or when I was just playing with a chip on my shoulder, nobody knew who I was. Those were the best moments because you were it was just so exciting and so thrilling. Then you reach a certain point, like, well, now what, right? And so now you're living in this comfortable life, and it's not as exhilarating anymore. So how do you keep yourself going? Um, you just you just have to keep yourself excited, right? Continue that drive. Um, Part of the reason I do the immediate reaction is for that reason, to feel that rush, feel that challenge. And as the, the saying goes, diamonds form under pressure. So make sure you're always giving yourself to that those challenges so that you can level up, so that you can feel the pressure and feel those challenges and you can improve yourself. And, and also just ultimately understand if you're going through something really, really difficult and things aren't going your way, you have these goals and there's so many barriers you have to go through and it's so tough and so difficult instead of just you know being so distraught and and start starting to play the victim card like this isn't for me this is too difficult why is it so much easier for other people just understand that maybe maybe god doesn't want you to have what you want yet and you don't have to believe in god just just maybe understand that you're supposed to go through those things maybe you're not ready to reach the level you're supposed to to reach you're supposed to go through these tests you're supposed to go through these challenges you're supposed to go through this obstacle course so that you can get to the other side stronger, you know? You're supposed to learn those lessons first. I often bring this analogy up, um, especially since I've had kids. The biggest lesson, I think, the biggest learning I think we can take from children, you know, ever since my children were born, I've seen firsthand how amazing their journey is and how fearless they are, you know? When they're trying to learn how to, how to walk, trying to learn how to crawl, they fall down like a hundred times, right? And they fall down, they hit their head, they cry, and instead of sulking, sitting in the corner and ever trying to walk again, they go again, they go again, they fall. They get a little bit farther every time. Why do we lose that drive when we become older? That's that's my biggest question. I don't understand that, you know? Like, as adults, if life punches us in the face a little bit, we just sit down in the corner and we're like, okay, back to the comfort zone, back on my couch, back to the unhealthy food, back to watching TV. Again, I'm generalizing to make a point here, right? I'm obviously exaggerating. Not everyone will, will be like that. But the point is, I think far too too often as adults, we, we take shelter in our comfort zone because life punched us in the face a few times. I think we should learn from children. Just get back up and try again. Try again. You don't think children you think children are just going to go back in their comfort zone? No, they're fearless. They go again. They get a little bit older after they start walking. They go on the playground. They try to climb things. They fall down. They fall down. They fall down. They go back up. 
They don't sit there and, and start sulking. They may cry initially when they when they when they feel the shock, but then they get back and they go again, right? So I think we should learn from that. I bring that that analogy into play mostly because now that I'm a father, I've seen that firsthand, um, and I, and I can actually I can say that like it was actually really inspiring to see my children go through that and see their drive, and I hope that they continue that drive as they get older. Um, you know, and, and I would say just find your challenges and address it, right? So it's hard for me to put a blanket statement on this this, this segment and tell you to do exactly what, what you need to do. Everyone is different. They need to hear different things at different points in their lives. And everyone's challenges will be different. Everyone's source of entertainment will be different. For me, one of the things that I needed to remind myself constantly is how to keep the podcast entertaining. Um, because naturally I'm an introvert and I'm, 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 I'm a bit of a nerdy guy. So what I realized quickly, I think, um, when I first started the podcast is that, cause I would go back and listen to the podcast to see what I need to improve on. And I think one of my biggest takeaways was that it was just too boring and it was too nerdy and not that there's anything wrong with it, but I needed to learn how to get out of my shell a little bit and make the podcast more, enter- more entertaining because I didn't want people to listen to the podcast on their way to work and have listened to a boring podcast. You know, I didn't want it to be Wikipedia, but the audio format where it's just information. I wanted people to to feel happy when they listen to the podcast. I wanted them to go to, to arrive to work with a smile on their face or maybe laughing while they're driving, listen to, listening to a few jokes during the podcast, like peppered into this football analysis. So I needed to train myself to be more interesting and more exciting and more extroverted for these podcasts. That was my biggest challenge, and I'm still working on that challenge today. And part of the ways I had to fix that was I needed to go out more. I needed to expand my social circle. I needed to have that in real life too so that I could have, so you could feel the congruency on the podcast that it wasn't just made up, it wasn't just a gimmick, that I actually that I actually was able to, to become a more entertaining and more interesting person. And it, again, it's still a work in progress, but that was one of my challenges. You know, Somebody else's challenges may be different. Maybe somebody else's challenges will be that they're way too much out there. Maybe they need to dial it back a little bit, right? So everyone's challenges will be different. Whatever it is, embrace the challenge. Um, and don't, don't think just because I said journalism should be fun is that not every single part of it should be fun, that there, there has to be challenges in there, right? There has to be, right? The very first journalism corner was about embracing fear and that fear is actually a good thing and that if you see fear you should actually run towards it unless it's like a very biological fear it's like do not run towards the lion the hungry lion or the lung tiger who's about to rip your neck off but if it's like a social setting where you know it's a bit scary or if it's like you know you need to do a live podcast in front of like let's say 50 people embrace it be like this is a good fear i gotta try it and then you do it once you're like oh that wasn't so bad i'm still alive you know you touch your limbs you're like you still have all your limbs your head's still on your shoulders you're still alive and you're like oh that wasn't so bad and then you do it again you do it again become desensitized to it so embrace those challenges um and understand that you know you're going to get better i think one of a common phenomena that i've actually um that i've actually experienced not only with my work but also other people's work I don't know if you guys have noticed this, but the best part of a podcast or the best part of an article is actually towards the end. So a lot of people, and maybe you've done this before, maybe you've listened to a podcast and at first it's a little bit boring. If you stick through it, actually like the peak of the podcast or the best part of it, I'd say it was about maybe three quarters of the way in where it's like everyone starts to finally loosen up. They start to get out of their heads a little bit. It flows. You know, the analysis becomes actually better. 
I've noticed this a lot, not only with my work, but also other people's work. Likewise, you might actually notice that with an article. Because I think part of the problem is, one of the reasons writer's block exists is because you can't get out of your head, right? Um, and so the first few sentences or the first few paragraphs may, may just be a way of the writer just writing something down for the sake of it because they need to get out of their head a little bit. And then you'll notice like maybe three quarters of the way on the article, the article like, bam, it really hits you. Unfortunately, people's attention spans don't always last to go 75% into an article and 75% of the podcast. So the challenge is always to suck people in from the beginning, right? But it's a it's a common phenomenon, but I think it's it also applies to life when you zoom out, right? When you're first starting out, you haven't reached your peak yet. But if you stick with it, you get into it, you get out of your head, you start to peak. And you just gotta you just gotta grind through it sometimes. Okay. That's the point. So have fun with it, but embrace the challenges and embrace fear. Level up. Don't give up. Keep it exciting. And good luck. And if you want to work with me, reach out to me. Kiana, Kiana, Hope you enjoy the segment. And take care.